And he talks about having a shared common language mm. for thinking, wow. which is really interesting in that we, we need to make those connections, but we need to be able to articulate our thinking, how we learn that metacognition. We're about to have a conversation with a remarkable head teacher, Rachel Jacob. She's the head teacher here at Pinkwell Primary School in the heart of Hayes. I first met Rachel about 10 or 11 years ago when she was head teacher in Merton at a school called Hillcross. To add to her credibility, Rachel has also been a national leader of education. She's been executive head and head across a number of schools and has taken JNC with her to almost all the schools that she's worked with in the last 10 years. She is incredibly charismatic, incredibly passionate about creativity and creating a broad and balanced curriculum for the next generation. Come on through. Yeah, so I've known you for what, like nine, ten, ten years yeah. now? Absolutely, long <coughs> from, time. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Very, very, right from when J and C first started. Absolutely. And, and um, obviously we've grown, I've seen you grow so much as yes. a leader and go through so many different transformations. Yeah. It's been been a fascinating journey and that like I love to I've loved to just sit watch from a distance your journey <laughs> and uh yeah and I've, I've loved watching yours as well from the very first start of of j and c but i think what made us perhaps connect with each other quite early on mm -hmm. when we first met was that both of us have that central core belief that actually a child's well-being, mm -hmm. a child being happy, um, us nurturing talents for each child is really important. Yeah. I think um, our core central beliefs around children being happy, mm -hmm. their social and emotional well-being, being cared for and seeing them as individuals mm -hmm. and nurturing those talents as individuals is really important because my belief, and I think yours is too, that if a child isn't happy, they're not going to learn. Absolutely. So <laughs> that happiness is really important too. Where did that sort of drive on creating a real broad and balanced curriculum come from? Because every school that I've been to um, where you're head teacher or executive head teacher, it's bright, it's colourful, it's yeah. engaging. Yeah. So I think um, for all of us, we have that initial, I would say those first impressions count. So for me, a learning environment is really key to a child's success because, and their engagement in learning. So first of all, making something vibrant, exciting, fun, mm -hmm. stimulating. In the school here, our vision statement is inspire, motivate, succeed. Mm -hmm. For me, that first step is inspiring children. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason that we look at I tend to think my leadership focus on looking at the curriculum as a whole is that every child has a natural uh, choice, a natural ability to in certain things, but equally we need to help the children to understand that they can be good at anything. Yeah. They can have a dream and they can believe in that. But they can only do that when they make those connections with things that become obvious to them, with those things that are not so obvious. Yeah. So making how, how did you make that connection? I think I made that connection very later on in life. Yeah. Um, so I had some interesting experiences myself as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a primary school teacher very well. Mm -hmm. um, her name was Mrs. Lapworth. Yeah. Um, and I had a real passion for music. I love okay. music. And 
um, she made music come alive within the curriculum. So she would quite often play music as part of our history. Yeah. Um, sometimes when we were writing stories, music was very much a part of that. So I think that was very early on experiences. But then as I grew up, I had experiences where they were very discrete subjects. Yeah. And I didn't make those connections myself as yeah. a learner. And so therefore in secondary school, I really struggled with particularly scientific subjects. I struggled with history yeah. because I couldn't, I couldn't connect the relevance. I had exactly, the, I had exactly <laughs> the same thing. And that's why I found that sports was so important to me. And yeah. that was my channel, music was yours. It's yes, like, like, and sports absolutely. was mine. And that's why I found my channel. And then once I learned that sports was scientific, yeah. I learned to love then the scientific science. side. And then I started to unravel those connections and then I was actually able to become better in the academic side of study yeah. as well. So it's only actually for me, much later in life, actually probably when I was at university, where actually I then began to flourish and I realised as a teacher and then later on as I've grown as a leader, that actually making those connections in learning for the children is really important. Mm -hmm. Making it, firing all those neurons, but yeah. making sure those connections actually happen. Yeah. Um, so much learning is lost at primary school level because teachers are not making those connections for the children. Right. So actually actively being aware that as teachers and as leaders, we need to make those connections. Mm -hmm. So a broad balance, cross-curricular approach to learning in a primary school, I think is absolutely key. Otherwise, children never, you know, in in the world that we live in, those mm. connections are all multifaceted. And then children can't effectively apply the skills that they've learned because they're refined, they're one-dimensional, they're only they're quite yes. linear and only geared towards one specific yeah. outcome as opposed to a much broader outcome, which yeah. is possible, right? Absolutely, and I think um, I was very lucky, quite early on in my leadership career, my headship career, um, I met uh, an American professor called yeah. David Harley um, and he talks about having a shared common language mm -hmm. for thinking, wow. which is really interesting in that we, we need to make those connections but we need to be able to articulate our thinking, how yeah. we learn, that metacognition. Teach me something. Okay. Uh, you're, you're, you're fairly new to the school. How long have you been in the school now? Like so I've only been here since January. Since so, ja so eight yeah, weeks, eight pretty weeks, much. Eight, right? nine weeks. So how do you go about you having this big, broad vision in your head around creative curriculum, broad and balanced curriculums, how you want to engage and inspire learners? You've got one of the biggest schools that I've ever been in here, five elementary. How do you go about articulating that message to your team Style. to get that vision and that articulation of that vision through yeah. successfully. I think I'm going to use two terms which you probably love, you may have heard of before. I use the Wiffum and the Waggle. I don't know if you've heard of both of those. Wiffum? The Wiffum. Yes, the Wiffum, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. So starting that training and that vi talking about a shared vision. I think a vision, there's no point a head teacher having a vision if it's not a shared vision. Indeed. It needs to be a shared vision. Um, and staff have got to understand what's in it for them. So I always start from their own standpoints. So what inspired you as a child? What made you want to learn? What are you interested in? Why? Do you have a teacher or even better, do you have a leader that you really look up to? You know, why is that? So starting from that standpoint and beginning to help staff to understand the importance of some of those behavior traits, if yeah. you like, that yeah. we have um, as, as learners, but 
as teachers, as leaders of learning in the classroom. Yeah. I think we're all leaders of learning. It doesn't matter what role you have in school. And then helping staff once that they understand their place in the in the jigsaw puzzle, if you like, of a team in a school. Yeah. Actually, then what a good curriculum looks like. What a good one looks like. Yeah. A waggle. So do you actually? So with the WIFM phase, do you actually meet with people individually? Do you do it as a group? Is there a certain system that you have? Okay, so um, I always want to come to school new. I always meet with people as individuals first mm -hmm. before I meet with them all as a, a larger group. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I think sometimes in schools. Um, understanding what people what excites people what their talents are what motivates them what inspires them yeah. as staff is really important to understand and to look at what skills and knowledge base have you got within your staff team so i'm really lucky here mm -hmm. i have a hugely skilled staff team very enthusiastic but i don't think there's been that fusion mm -hmm. until recently of people understanding how they can help and support one another sure. so valuing nurturing those skill that skills and knowledge and making sure that those people are aware of how they can use those within their jobs within mm. their job description yes. so having that clarity of how does my particular skill fit within the job you're asking me to do yeah. Rachel or what can I do in terms of supporting the children in that respect yeah so we were just talking you've got four deputy heads here yeah you've got a site manager who manages who leads a team yeah himself. How do you go about distributing that leadership effectively and what are the differences between sort of managing a large school and managing a much smaller school? Because I know that you've been through the journey, right? You've yeah, done, you've, absolutely. You've done absolutely. I think there are, there are some traits of leadership that are the same, mm -hmm. um, which, whichever, whether you're in a primary school, a special school, a secondary school, and I think from talking to colleagues, and that is about that articulation of the vision, about the passion for learning, making sure that you really help staff to understand the why. Yeah. So I don't believe that there is a fixed, even though I'm very an advocate for a cross-curricular approach, broad balance curriculum, there's not been the same approach in all the schools I've led because every community, every school is very different. So yeah. adapting it, so for, for here, um, and I'll just come back to the leadership structure in just a second, but for here we have 83% of children in the school with English as an additional language. Yeah. So the curriculum here is very different, for example, to the curriculum uh, in the school where I was at in, in Morden at Hillcross, where it was three, four entry. So still quite a large school for primary, but that for me is really important. Yeah. Um, that we, we have those experiences that are actually relevant to the children and the community. So for us here, our curriculum has started to develop around um, questions, around questions that the children have yeah. about where they live, who they are, mm -hmm. how they fit into the bigger world, Sounds learning like from each form other. Forming an identity forming, so that they can move forward. Absolutely, forming that identity, making those connections in their learning and beginning to support and learn from each other as well. So mm -hmm. we are, you know, the wealth of cultural differences and understanding that we have here is amazing. Yeah. So from my point of view, from a leadership structure, it's important that each element of the curriculum that needs clear visionary leadership is not just about myself yeah. as the head teacher, as yeah. a principal. 
So each of my vice principals has a role within the school, so they have so a they phase. Have quite a, a specific. Yeah, role. so they have a phase that they're responsible for in the school. Um, so we've broken down into phases. So we have early years, we have phase one, which is one, two, and three, yeah. phase two, four, five, and six. And then we also have a specialist resource provision here for children with speech and language needs. So we have a vice principal responsible for the specialist resource provision. And then they have uh, different responsibilities that then are key statutory responsibilities. So the curriculum, assessment, mm -hmm. safeguarding, yeah. inclusion. Okay. For me, those four, and that's something I've evolved over the last eight weeks and developed further, those four are key for a school to be successful. Yeah. If you've only got one mm -hmm. without the other three, yeah. It, so if you've got someone leading a curriculum but they're not taking into account the ongoing assessment for learning, yeah. it's not going to happen. It's about connecting it all together, right? Yeah, if you haven't yeah. got provision, inclusive provision, <laughs> the curriculum. What, what, what's the most effective way to teach that? Because I know a lot of people would find that, I know I would find that challenging if I was in that position. How do you connect that learning and make sure that the teachers are actually connecting learning to make it cross-curricular? So um, what we have... What we have um, begun looking at is the new Ofsted framework of yeah. the intent, implementation and impact. For me, um, I'm really quite excited about the new Ofsted framework mm -hmm. um, in, in the curriculum respect because I think it's going to take into account being able to not just look at English and maths, yeah. but looking how, so mm -hmm. how can we use, for example, a rich quality historical text mm -hmm to influence children's skills and knowledge in history, in English, like in physical development, yeah. in art, looking at design and yeah. fashion, how yeah, that's all changed, like music, yeah. how has that changed yeah. across different yeah. eras, yeah. all from just starting with a particular experience. So mm -hmm. I'm really keen that it's meaningful experiences that children have. So a meaningful starting point. Mm -hmm. What is it that's going to inspire these children to really want to, to know more? Yeah, absolutely. to be eager. Because if they're not inspired, then they're not gonna they're not gonna shift, right? They're not gonna create that yeah. transformation that that progress that otherwise could occur. And that for me ranges from all sorts of things. It can be the slightest thing. Um, where the children walk into the classroom and there's a different smell. Yeah. I think our senses. Teachers think about visual imagery a lot, uh -huh. but they don't think about taste, smell, touch. So for me, those experiences for inspiration, you know, you walk into a room and you smell something different. Oh, yeah. what's that? You're going it to ask questions. that curiosity and yep. like, like, I want to be here now. I yes. want to learn something. Yes, I want to know I, what's I never, going on. I, I never forget when I came into your first school in Hillcross and you were walking around the school. <laughs> and obviously I've been to hundreds of schools before, right? The school has, you know, walls and... Yeah. It was like Disney World in there. And I was well, like, it was... Trees, like, beds. Literally, <laughs> like, trees, beds, children reading in one corner or lying down. And yeah. some children writing on, you know, yeah different different kind of platforms yeah. and I think we're at the beginning of a journey here mm. um, at Pinkwell but a, a journey that everybody is committed to being a part of which is yeah. really exciting and that understanding you you can't move forward with um, developing children's learning if you haven't got that commitment yeah. initially so for me that's and you're that's, a person that's certainly got that commitment, <laughs> well, I like to think so yeah. but you know it's but I, I, we do it for the children yeah. and it's about what's important for the children. The other thing I think is really important is for teachers at the very start of a, a developmental journey for a school is to understand how children learn. Yeah. 
um, there are lots of teachers who have the most amazing subject knowledge mm -hmm. and a really huge set of skills but they're not able to apply that in the highest possible way yeah. and dare I use that often determined in an outstanding way <laughs> yeah. um, to actually get the most and make sure the rapid progress is happening for the it's, children. It's, and, and that's what I'm so passionate about as well mm. is how do you apply the learning, how do you apply it in context yeah. and it's the same like with leadership is like one of the things that I think about a lot is how do I the same way that you were just saying is like how do you apply that learning to get through to that person and knowing that individual like you said is so important in that and then it's the same for the teacher and how do they get the children to apply and then knowing the children yeah. is so important in that so understanding how they learn themselves so one of the recent inset days i don't know if you've seen the winnie the pooh leadership styles no. So helping, um, it's it's using all the Winnie the Pooh characters, yeah. and forgive me, I can't remember who the person was who developed it. Her name, first name was Margaret, but I can't remember her second name, I have to look that up. Yeah. Um, but she talks about how, how people see themselves yeah. is very different to how other people view them. Yeah. So helping teachers to become much more self-reflective mm -hmm. about not just who they see themselves as, but how other people perceive them in order that they can then take that learning themselves into the classroom. So how every child perceives themselves mm -hmm. may be very different to mm -hmm. how the teacher, but also we've talked about how you may have a particular preferred way of teaching mm -hmm. that is your you know, you revert to that style yeah. all but the time. Is that the way, the specific way that that child learns? Yeah. yeah, and it's about, it's not about getting the children to change to be like us. Mm -hmm. It's about us changing and self-reflecting to be and understand the children, to be like and understand the children. So we're providing that wide range. Mm -hmm. I, like that. I've, I've got, I know that you're, you're very busy and I know that you've got to shoot, that you've got to shoot off. Yeah. And uh, we've got to head off too, but it's been absolutely fascinating That's speaking with you. You too. You always so welcome, always welcome we're, Jazz. We're, we're, doing, we're doing French and music here from uh, Yeah, French and music next yeah. term. Really looking forward to that and hopefully working with you for some after school provision and some holiday care okay. as well. Yeah. So really looking well, I want to thank that. you for definitely bringing us on board. I know that we've been You're welcome. pretty much every school that you've worked in. Absolutely. Years, so, <laughs> but I yeah, think that's cool. about as well about the quality that mm -hmm. JNC provides. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what, as well as your, your ethos and your vision for JNC, which sits really nicely with my own mm -hmm. personal view on education, it, it's also about you know, when you're paying for a service, you want to know you're getting the yeah, quality absolutely. for the children. Well, I'm pleased that we can provide that for you. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Thank you so much, Rachel. You've been an absolute star. <laughs> <laughs>